0: life wherever he'd been In the deepest wildwood was the place he was seen And the people did love and protect him And they saw his face change with the turn of the wheel Of the seasons they heard his voice sing I'm the horn, God, I'm the face in the trees I'm the breath of the wind that rustles the leaves a green man in the wildwood I roam. Cannot find. And the mighty oak king. I'm the horn God, I'm the face in the trees. I'm the breath of the wind that rustles the leaves. I'm the green man in the wildwood, I roam. on i The light that I share with fire and water from earth into air. Oh, but the wheel it keeps steadily turning. And on the noon of the solstice, I will give up my crown to the cold and the dark holly king. I'm the horn, God, I'm the face in the trees, and the breath of the wind that rustles the leaves. The green man in the wild. Would I roam Can I sign panel? Leaves in one light and one dark, even now the wheel it is turning. I'm the horn god, I'm the face in the trees, I'm the breath of the wind that rustles the leaves. I'm the green man in the wildwood, I roam, turned on a cyan pan, and I'm her. Turn on a sign, pan and I learn. 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 i the horn, God, i the face in the trees, I'm the breath of the wind that rustles to thee. I'm a green man in the wild, would I roam? Kern on a sign and I'm her.
1: Are you ready for the end of the world? This is your Community Spirit. The show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you live, local, in your face here on WDBX, your community radio, 91.1 FM, community radio for Southern Illinois. That was Noon of the Solstice by Dov the Bard. Solstice is coming up pretty soon, so I thought I'd send that one out there. Yeah, interestingly enough, it's not a super hot day outside like it usually would be in June. Uh, strange weather once again. But since Solstice is coming, I thought I'd share that one. Uh, my name is Tree Song. I will be your host today. Our other usual host, Or Danny is off on his South American adventures still, but he will be back soon. In the meantime, we've got plenty of news and happenings to share. Let's start with some fracking-related news. Pro-fracking greens called out in ecologist's new manifesto. A new salvo has been fired in the national battle against fracking. Within hours of the Illinois General Assembly's vote on its controversial bill on hydraulic fracturing last Friday night, the AP's headline rippled across nationwide newspapers. Quote, Illinois lawmakers approve nation's toughest fracking regulation. End quote. Not so fast, says Dr. Sandra Steingreiber, the renowned scientist whom Rolling Stone has called the Toxic Avenger. She returned to her native Illinois last week to join a growing citizens' uprising against gas drilling and sand mining operations she defines as, quote, an accident-prone, inherently dangerous industrial process, with risks that include catastrophic and irredeemable damage to our health and environment. That sounds pretty serious. Uh, maybe we should have had some public discussion about that before going ahead and letting that go on. With New York readying to rescind or keep in place the state's temporary moratorium and high-stakes battles taking place across the nation about whether to regulate fracking or place moratoriums on it, Steingraber and a network of citizen groups have viewed Illinois as the staging ground for a fracking rush that will have an extraordinary ripple effect. Once sailed by the Sierra Club as the new Rachel Carson, Steingraber denounced Illinois' bill as, quote, the result of closed-door negotiations between industry representatives and compromise-oriented environmental organizations. She testified in front of a last-minute committee hearing of the Illinois House of Representatives, protested with Senate activists, met with bill negotiators, and was even tossed out of the Illinois General Assembly for speaking out. With Governor Pat Quinn's signature imminent, business insider gushed that Illinois could become the epicenter of America's next oil boom. Not under their watch, says Steingraber and the Illinois anti-fracking shock troops. Issuing a fracking manifesto, she's thrown down the gauntlet on Illinois' regulatory fallouts as a cautionary tale for citizens' groups, environmental organizations, and frackers across the nation. Now here's a quote from that manifesto. We call for a mobilization that brings fracking realities to the rest of the nation, the Manifesto declares. If our elected officials refuse to visit fracking fields, then we will bring the fracking fields to them, in the form of science, stories, photographs, films, lectures, hearings, and journalism. I've heard of journalism, that happens sometimes. If elected officials refuse to defend our lands, water, air, and health against those who would despoil them for their own profit, and we will do it ourselves, using peaceful, non-violent methods. Now, if you want to see the full documents that talks about this and related fracking issues, you can go to DontFractureIllinois.net. Let's see what other news we have today. Gulf oil wells have been leaking since the 2004 hurricane. Oil has been gushing from a group of wells south of New Orleans since a platform at the site was wiped out by Hurricane Ivan in 2004. And it appears that nothing is being done to staunch or control the leaking. Efforts to cap the ruptures appear to have been abandoned in 2011. Instead of working to clean up or stop the spill, driller Taylor Energy Company is now providing the government with daily updates about the resultant slick. I I would like to... It doesn't have any copies of the updates in the article, but I'd like to read these. Uh, So, day 87. We still have not cleaned up the oil or done anything to stop it, but here's how much oil is flowing. (laughs) Hope you have a nice day. Well, even though those... Even that being the case, though, they are sending some sort of updates, but even those updates appear to be half-baked. A long ribbon of oil can clearly be seen spilling out from the site, but Taylor Energy claims it's much smaller than does the NOAA. On June 1st, the NOAA reported to the Coast Guard that the slick was 20.2 miles long and a mile wide. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a lot of oil to me. That same day, though, a routine report filed by someone who activists assume to be a Taylor Energy consultant stated that the slick was 6.5 miles long. Now, I don't know my math very well, 20.2 miles, 6.5 miles, that seems like a mild discrepancy. But even if the lower estimates were correct, it should be bad enough to set off alarm bells somewhere in the federal government. But this is the environmentally battered Gulf of Mexico, where petrochemical accidents are an everyday occurrence. Yeah, between the petrochemical accidents down there and the runoff from the Mississippi, all the pesticides... Uh, It's kind of hard for them to even see the oil at times. But I saw the pictures. It's pretty noticeable. I suppose it's tiring to not notice 20.2 miles of oil leaking into the ocean. Uh, I'm sure the Gulf Coast is a wonderful place to go on vacation, but you may not want to swim in that oil. In other news, Monsanto's opponents may be to blame for GMO wheat escape. A week after word got out that unapproved GMO wheat was found growing on an Oregon farm, Monsanto has announced the results of an internal investigation into the mysterious outbreak. Now, guess what they found? The results can be summarized thusly. Quote, Nothing is wrong at our end, and everybody's crops are safe. Maybe our opponents planted our freak wheat and did it just to try to hurt us. That's that's the level of responsibility that Monsanto is used to taking, so I'm not entirely surprised by this, but that is their line, and they're sticking to it. Use quote from the Associated Press, The genetically modified test strain of wheat that emerged to the surprise of an Oregon farmer last month was likely the result of an accident or deliberate mixing of seeds, the company that developed it said on Wednesday. Representatives from Monsanto Co. said during a conference call on Wednesday that the emergence of the genetically modified strain was an isolated occurrence. I think I've heard those sorts of stories before. Oh, it just happened this once. It'll never happen again. I'll be I'll be nice next time, I promise. And they say they tested the original wheat stock and found it clean. Sabotage is a possibility, said Bob Fraley, Monsanto Chief Technology Officer. We're considering all options, and that's certainly one of the options, Fraley said. So rather than accept responsibility for one of their experiments getting out into the wild, they... They have decided to blame it on activists. That's, that's a way to demonstrate personal responsibility, Monsanto. I don't have it handy. There's this great song called Food and Health and Hope that highlights the illustrious history of Monsanto. Uh, Now, I actually haven't played it on the radio very often. I'm not sure if I have played the whole thing because it's about five, six minutes long. It takes a while to tell the entire story of all the misdeeds of Monsanto in song form, but it's definitely worth, worth a check. It's a funny song and Food and Health and Hope. I may try to bring a sample of it next week if I get a chance. But in the meantime, let's get on to some other news. Don't worry, we've got some good news here eventually, but we got another one or two more that are troubling. Arctic summers could be nearly ice-free in seven years. I suppose that's good if you want to go skinny-dipping in the Arctic. Everybody get ready to grab your swimsuit and head north. The latest melting projections by government scientists suggest that the Arctic could be nearly ice-free during summer in seven years, or maybe even sooner. But before you get all excited about the novelty of taking a dive into waters that once harbored year-round ice, we should warn you that the seven-year thing is a worst-case scenario. But even the best-case scenario published in a recent scientific paper projects that the summer ice will virtually disappear during the first half of this century. Also, we should warn you that the water will still be pretty cold, if not quite as cold as before. Also, you might get run over by a container ship or coated by an oil spill. Now, it's it's worth pointing out for people who aren't very familiar with geography or history or that sort of thing that, you know, the Arctic Circle, it used to be a cold place. <laughs> you know, there used to be ice there year-round. I mean, it would change a little bit when the summer came, but it was still mostly ice. And there were these legends of the Northwest Passage where you could find this one spot through the ice that led you all the way through to the other side. But, but it, it's not legends anymore because it's getting hot in here. Is it hot in here or is it just me?
0: JB is John.
1: All right, another fossil fuel news. BP to pump $1 billion into its Alaska drilling efforts. Not content with wrecking the Gulf of Mexico's ecosystem, BP has announced that it is expanding its operations at the far northern end of the country on Alaska's northern slope. They plan to increase spending in the region by $1 billion over five years, increasing its fleet of oil rigs at the north slope from 7 to 9 by 2016. The announcement came after state leaders... Reduce taxes on oil companies. In May, Governor Sean Parnell signed legislation that cuts oil taxes to a flat 35%, down from a progressive tax that went above 50% during times of high prices. So it looks like it's favorable conditions up there for massive amounts of fossil fuel extraction. You've got the ice melting, you've got the the taxes going down. It's almost as though people want all the fossil fuels to be burned and put into the atmosphere. Sounds like a party time over at BP. This next one's kind of in the good news, bad news department. Uh, Carbon pricing is catching on around the globe, just not in Washington, D.C. More than 40 national governments and 20 states or other subnational governments are now charging polluters for emitting greenhouse gases, or plan to start in the coming years, according to a new report from the World Bank. The U.S., of course, is not one of the countries with a national cap-and-trade plan or a carbon tax but California and parts of New England are pushing ahead despite Congress's refusal to act. All in all, about 7% of the world's greenhouse gases are now being priced. This is the equivalent of 3.3 gigatons of carbon dioxide out of the total 50 gigatons emitted annually worldwide. That may not seem like a lot, but says the report, quote, if China, Brazil, Chile, and other emerging economies are eyeing these mechanisms are included, carbon pricing mechanisms could reach countries emitting 24 gigatons of CO2 equivalent per year, or almost half the total of global emissions. So that's, uh, that's progress on something. They're almost getting up to half if, if people follow through on their, their initiatives to respond to the crisis. So I wonder if people in Washington, D.C. are paying attention to any of that. And I wonder what they're considering for our strategies. More importantly, I wonder what we ourselves, the American people, are considering. Because even if people in Washington, D.C. are sitting around not doing much about the issue, there's always plenty we can do, not the least of which being asking those people in Washington, D.C. why they're sitting around just not doing anything about the issue. Right, let's talk about some fun things and then let's get to some fun local happenings some other news here is this one this one's about bikes bike part vending machines can rescue you from an unexpected breakdown getting a flat tire on a bike really sucks getting a flat tire late at night far from a subway when the nearest bike mechanic is three drinks deep and you forgot to bring an extra tube well that's worse isn't it you're kind of out of luck at that point Unless you have Express Biker. Express Biker has got your back if you happen to be biking in New York. The company's building a new network of bike vending machines to provide round-the-clock access to bike tire tubes, to patch kits and to other sundry bike necessities. There are already two machines in function that are functioning in Brooklyn. Uh, let's see. So there's two machines already out there, and they want to partner with outdoor locations near major bike routes throughout NYC that are open for 24 hours, such as gas stations, parks, etc. So you can be driving around on your bike route late at nights, and you get to have a a repair kit for your bicycle. Sounds like exciting times. It sounds like people are actually starting to care about bicycles almost as much as they care about cars. I've heard there are some people out there who care about bicycles even more than cars. Alright, let's get into some holidays and some happenings. Today is the anniversary of the introduction of the VCR. For those of you who may not remember such things, that was the video cassette recorder. It was back when you had to put these these giant square things into a machine that would record your TV for you, because YouTube didn't exist and uh, you know, none of that stuff existed back then. <laughs> they had to use these ancient, antiquated video cassettes. All right, some other holidays coming up. We have World Ocean Day on Saturday. It is the UN World Ocean Day. It's also the anniversary of the Bill of Rights. So I wonder if the ocean gets to have any rights, or if we're just going to keep it. All right, other holidays coming up. We have the Anniversary of Alcoholics Anonymous coming up on Monday. Also the Anniversary of the Ballpoint Band and the Birthday of Judy Garland. Oh, and speaking of ocean, I wonder if these two are related. Just a couple days after World Ocean Day is the Birthday of Jacques Cousteau coming up on Tuesday. And Wednesday is Abused Women and Children's Awareness Day. So let's get to some local happenings and events. If you would like to have your happenings happen by promoting them to the public, you can send them to us at info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Let's see what we've got on tap for this week. First up, we've got open mic nights at Guy House Interfaith Center. This is coming up tonight at 7 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. Express yourself in a comfortable, house style environment. Everyone is invited. Poets, musicians, storytellers, dancers, and more. Whether you come to perform or listen, start your weekend right with Open Mic. And they are still going on in the summer. They are, in fact, going on tonight. If you want to see it keep going on tonight, you can show up, be part of the show as a listener or a performer, and have a good time there. And if people keep having a good time, the t- good times will keep rolling. Let's see what else we've got on tap. We have the Carbondale Community Friday Night Fair. That is coming up tonight from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Town Square Pavilion in Carbondale. The Friday Night Fair features free live music, food court, a farmer's market, information from local organizations, a flea market, regional arts and crafts, vendors of all kinds, and more. You can enjoy a family-friendly setting with activities for the kids from Carbondale Park District, people from all parts of the community, and a great community atmosphere. It's a fun little get-together right there on the Town Square in Carbondale, tonight from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. other happenings. Southern Illinois is a land of farmers, among other things, and so there are many farmers markets going on in Southern Illinois. There are at least two going on right here in Carbondale on Saturday. There's the Carbondale's Farmers Markets happening on Saturday from 8 a.m. to noon, the West Town Mall parking lot in Carbondale. Carbondale Farmer's Market is celebrating its 35th year, and they have all sorts of goodies out there. They have the fresh produce that people always expect of farmers markets. They also have various Plants, herbs, cut flowers, cheese, uh, arts and crafts. They've got some amazing stuff out there. Baked goods. It's a good time over there at West Town Mall parking lots, Saturday mornings, 8 a.m. to noon. Now, the other farmer's market is on the other side of town. It's the Carbonell Community Farmer's Market on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Carbonell Community High School. They provide a place for the community to gather, meet the faces of agriculture, and get the taste of all that Southern Illinois has to offer. They're from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., rain or shine, in the staff parking lots on Walnuts at the Carbondale Community High School. All right, in other news, I like local events, and I like music, so here's a local music event that's that's pretty new from what I've heard, but it's coming up on Saturday. It's called Saturday Night Music. It's coming up tomorrow, Saturday, from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. at 218 North Illinois. Saturday Night Night Music is a monthly entertainment event for teenagers and families featuring live music by young bands, local DJs, and awesome concessions. You can enjoy a safe and fun environment free of drugs, alcohol, and smoking. The next event is coming up tomorrow from 7 to 10 at 218 North Illinois. For just a $2 cover, you can dance the night away and be entertained by Seven Day Weekend with special guests until sunrise. Seven Day Weekend is an alternative rock band of young artists ages 12 to 17. And DJ Special K will rock the house with his upbeat dance music. For more information on this, you can contact Kiger at 618 618 nine six seven two zero nine eight. And now speaking of the local arts and entertainment scene, we've got another happening coming up, the Transportic Playground. It's happening on Monday from nine PM to midnight at Global Gourmet, one o two East Jackson in Carbondale. Now as you may know, Carbondale is a town of poets, and Transportic Playground is where the poets come out to play. You can find Poetic every other Monday night at Global 102 East Jackson in Carbondale, and they are going on over the summer, and I often attend that, so you may see me there reading poetry about climate change and other things. The magic starts at 9 p.m., and new listeners and performers are always welcome. I believe we have time for one more happening. This one is another music happening. It's the Brown Bag Concert and Lunch Series. It's happening on Wednesday at 12 p.m. at the Town Square Pavilion. Every Wednesday from noon to 1 p.m. during the summer, except with a little break there in July and August, local musicians play a free concert in the Town Square Pavilion. You can get lunch from a downtown restaurant or bring your own brown bag lunch, hence the name. Bring a lawn chair and they'll see you downtown. And this week's music is by Kevin Lucas. All right. This has once again been an exciting, informative hour, or half hour, excuse me, of your community spirits. I hope you've enjoyed it nearly as much as I have. Uh, We've got a nice, beautiful day out there. I hope you get a chance to go outside and enjoy the day. And we'll see you here next week on the radio.